Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Welcome to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome for those of you listening in Western Washington on KKNWM 1150. Uh, and I know many of you are listening from places I don't even know, but I want to welcome you. Uh, welcome all of you to join us here today. You know, I, I am so, um, I was just thinking about this over the weekend, uh, but first let me say hi to Mr. Ben. Hello, B. Hi, Pat. How you be? I did you have a good weekend? I did. It was a great Mother's Day weekend for me yeah. and for I'm sure many. It was beautiful here in the Pacific Northwest yeah. and uh, hope everyone enjoyed it and you uh, you as well. That's right. And come on now. Put on that sunscreen, everybody. Right? Come I did on. get a little pink too, but yeah, it's browning up <laughs> nicely today. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. The days of getting out there with the aluminum foil, those days are gone. Uh, I know that. I'm giving you a little information about my past experience on where the Jersey Shore. <laughs> oh, the Jersey. Can you see me, Benny, on the beach, Jersey Shore, big hair, right? Back in the day, big hair all teased up out there with my aluminum foil sitting on a beach. Uh, yes, I can actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, that's a vision for all of you tuning in. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna take a little step back and a little step forward all at one time. You know, listen, you all have heard me talk about ancient Greeks, uh, ancient Greek mythology from time to time. You know, I've talked about growing up and what it was like to really live and take myself out of my current upbringing, uh, as you know, in the Bronx, New York, and, and step into the world of fantasy and what that became to mean to me. Today, though, Allison Chester Lambert and Richard Cooks joining me here today because they have what put together mythology Greek reading cards. And, you know, one of the things I know about both of them is that it's not just about a deck of cards. It's about a message that's being called forward in the world now. And the message really for many people has to do with what is the direction? What are we going through? What is the energy here? How do we make sense of it? And then what the heck do we do once we suit up to step out? For both of you, I'm so thrilled to have you here. Allison is somebody that has been immersed in Greek literature and mythology. Uh, she is also and has been on the show. For those of you who know, she's been on the show when we talked about astrology and astrology cards. But she is somebody that's out in media. She's online. She has written columns. And she joins us here today. And we're not even going to tell you what time of day it is for her. Richard is somebody as well 
30 years experience, freelance artist, illustrator, calligrapher, many card decks. Yes. Chances are, if you're holding a deck of cards, he has had something to do with them. Today, they both join us, you know, from England and Thailand. And I'm here in the Pacific Northwest. We're getting ready to almost have a record-breaking heat day, and we're going to heat it up on the airways. Uh, welcome to both of you. Welcome to welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Hi, Pat. Thank you. It's fantastically exciting to be here. Yeah. yeah hi did, there. Thank you. How did you two get together? I want to ask you that question because I, I think it's kind of cool. There's an energy and a synergy when folks come together to create something, don't you think? <laughs> I'm, we've never met. Richard and I have never met, and yet we are great you know, friends. I, yeah, that, that's funny. I, I didn't realise we hadn't met, but, you know, it's like an old friend. Seems to have known you for donkey's years. <laughs> I, I, it all happened on Facebook originally. Um, Richard had just finished a deck of cards with Stuart Pearce. Uh, oh, and yeah. And I, I'm an author with, well, was an author with Findhorn Press as well at the same time. There was a separate Findhorn Press, but that uh, has now been sold to Inner Traditions. Um, and so Richard just finished that deck with Stuart and um, he contacted me on Facebook uh, and said, have you got any ideas for a, um, a deck of cards? And funnily enough, two nights before, in my dreams, this deck of cards had appeared <laughs> because previously it wasn't possible to do astrology reading cards. It's too complex. But anyway, so he contacted me. I said, yeah, I've had this great idea for astrology reading cards. So we did that deck um, and that came out, oh, it was so long ago now, 2012. Um, well, was it that uh, long ago? Yeah. I, I actually, I did a book cover for you, I think, prior to that. Yeah, I was, first I off. Did the, future in the, the Future in the Stars. That's how we first kind of had any contact. Yeah, so. yeah. And then Findhorn Press was um, being sold to uh, Inner Traditions yeah. in the last part of last year. Um, and uh, we were chatting about how we were moving astrolo the astrology reading cards over. Um, and uh, the boss of Findhorn said, have you got one last deck, you guys, between you? Is there one last idea in there? And funnily enough, I said, well, actually... I've had this amazing idea for Greek mythology reading cards in my head for ages about taking famous artwork from all over the world and using it and the myth of the character, putting putting that together so that there is a message in a card and, and then putting together a deck of these messages so that people can draw from the cards um, and obviously use them predictively. Um, so now, the, the funny thing, I'm sorry, I'm talking away here. Richard's no, talk away, up, please. It's okay, wait, no problem. I, I'm really ahead. so excited about this. Wait till you hear. I can't even tell you. Okay, so what happened was we, we didn't have any time because the, the whole of the spring collection list had been put together, all the titles had been decided, the marketing rollout had started. And, and he was saying this just three months before that the whole lot was going to go out, you know, the, you know, uh, be released. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not enough time. You need a two-year program. You need a two-year two lead-in. We got three months. And he said, Alison, can you do this in three months? And I went, yeah, sure. <laughs> I must have had a <laughs> glass of wine or too many or something. <laughs> uh, because I went, yeah, sure. Um, I hadn't even designed the deck. I had no idea what was going to go into it. I hadn't done the research, nothing. Um, and Richard's going, yeah, what a fantastic idea. I could get all the world's artwork together, and this sounds so great. So we we started, and then we had to commit to the marketing, and I had to give them the marketing program ahead and the images ahead when we hadn't even got a clue what was going in this deck of cards. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, the first thing, the first very quick job is to get the the, the cover done before yeah. anything else, because that's got to go straight out to to get the pre kind of orders. So uh, the first thing that was designed was the cover, and um, then you know you kind of once you visualise that, you can start to visualise the whole deck. But then you've not done it. <laughs> so it's yeah. a question of just getting down, doing the hard work. Yeah, I didn't know that. I, you know, now that you mentioned it, it kind of makes sense to me. But I didn't think about that because once upon a time, somebody said to me, you know, don't worry about the cover. You do the cover, blah, 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 last. But no, you really have to step out. And as Stephen Covey said years ago in The Seven Habits, he said, you have to start with the end in mind. And I thought yeah. that's so fascinating about that. But, you know, for both of you coming together and doing this project, you know, it does really talk to what I mentioned before, which is synergy. Otherwise, you could not have met those deadlines. You know, we, you right. know what I mean? We've done it without Skype. Um, I mean, we, <clears throat> we met... We meet on Skype. When we're doing a deck, we meet on Skype every morning. Now, I mean, this is a guy I've never met in, in reality, right? Mm. But Richard has seen me in my nighty more often <laughs> than my partner has. <laughs> because I'm, he, he's always later in the day. He's eight hours on. So so he's like, he's all chirpy. He's at lunchtime. And I'm going, oh, my God, what time is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, let me get a coffee. Um, and, and that's the way we've done it on Skype. But for this particular deck... The night before, I was finishing the words that he was going to design for the next morning, and that had to happen for 50 days straight. We couldn't, we couldn't break. We, wow. we, everything else was abandoned because there's 50 cards, and that's all we'd got. Wow. Um, and so we were having to produce a card a day, or if we missed a day because you know we'd actually got a social life, <laughs> we were having oh. to do two oh, cards yeah. the next day. So. Well, and, you know, let me just say this, because we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, actually, Benny, let's skip the break if we could. Um, now, here's what I mean about the timing of this. Now, look, both of you have done more decks of incredible cards than probably anybody can even, than we even have time to mention. But I am extremely fascinated by this one because it so aligns right now with our pop culture. So let's talk about this. I don't think there are coincidences in the universe. Maybe you guys do, but I don't. I mean, don't you think that it is interesting that we now have this deck of cards and the timing of this is almost perfectly aligned with the original concept, hitting the airwaves in big, fat, cinematographic TV is Wonder Woman bringing to life a level of Greek mythology that people didn't even know. And I must say, not 100% accurate, uh, according to the experts, but who cares? And here are, is the energy now of this. See, this is really what I find so interesting. I've been doing this 15 years, and I'm always in awe when I see how planets line up uh, you know, when we think about this, Allison, you know what I mean about planets line do, up, right? Yeah. Well, they right? line up. <laughs> they line up, and mm. all of a sudden, there's this culmination of energy. And today, we're talking about Greek mythology. I want to ask you, why now, from an energetic point of view, not a logical point of view, from from a clearly an energetic point of view that had both of you put this together in record time? I think it's to do with the rise of the feminine. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that, uh, well, lots of different commenters, uh, commentators have been talking about the rise and the resurgence of the feminine for some time. But as an astrologer, which is my main job, um, I, I have been predicting that this will hinge around the year 2020. Mm. Um, now, this isn't going to happen in one year. I, you know, it, it's going to be a 50-year period to get from A to B because we've got a lot of work to do. But you've only got to look at the recent news to show that women who are representing the feminine in general um, are more dissatisfied with the inequality that they have ever been before. So we have lots of women's rights issues coming up, Me Too, um, etc., the Women's March on, on Washington. And, I see, and, and the society is becoming more aware that female skills of mediation, inclusion, sharing, thoughtfulness are to be valued. And so this rise in feminine, the feminine energy, which has been so subjugated for the last 2,000 years, is saying that, well, we, we've got a new paradigm here and therefore we need new role models. We need new representations that we can look at and use for the new paradigm. Yeah. I mean, I so love that you mentioned this, right? Because in this country, I'm not sure of of what it's like where you all are, but right now we have never before record-breaking numbers of women that have qualified to run for government office in Congress, right? Record-breaking numbers. There hasn't been anything like it ever. Um, and, and breaking the barriers down, you know, right now there's a conversation about one of the Congress women that are that one of the people running for Congress who is using her funds for, uh, taking care of her child so she could run. This is unheard of. This is such a short period of time. What has caused this in your opinion? And how is it that this must be represented artistically? through these cards? Well, I'll, I'll take the, the spiritual answer there and then Richard mm-hmm. can talk about the art. Um, <clears throat> I think um, it's about time uh, that 2,000 years of patriarchy was tempered by um, a, a, an appropriate time of, of matriarchy or an emerging feminine. We need to balance this better. Um, I think we need to look at the three main monotheistic religions, which all teach there is one male god. Now, isn't it time for it to change this view? Because otherwise we're saying that feminists have to accept that just there is an ultimate male patriarchy or they have to not be religious. Um, so I think it's time to provide a religious framework or a spiritual framework that provides more in terms of the rainbow community so mm-hmm. that we have a vast array of archetypes and genders, bisexual, non-binary, androgynous, transgender, lesbians, gays, bisexuals, transsexuals, that that we have an LGBTQ rainbow community, and yet we continue to have three main monotheistic religions teaching there is one male God. Now, Mm -hmm. that that to me says that there should be some change. Yeah. Uh, uh, Look at even the Pope, this, our latest Pope, you know, coming out of the gate and one of the first things that comes out of his mouth addresses this. Clearly, the Dalai Lama talked about it five years ago when he made that statement uh, that women of the West were going to lead the world. A- and graphically, artistically representing who we are is also so extremely important. It's one of the main reasons 
that you have a social media network like Instagram going nuts. And so let's talk about the energy of the artistic representation of that, Richard, if we could. Yeah, well, I, I think what you said before was right, uh, Dr. Pat, about there's you know, no such thing as coincidences. And um, we, the ancient Greeks or whatever age you take through history, we, we all suffer the same you know, problems. We all, we fall in love, we fall out of love. Um, you know, we die, we get jealous, whatever, we, we need money. All these these things are, are constant, they don't change. Um, so the art, artists through, the, through the, the ages have always portrayed these human problems and, and resolutions to these things. And and so there is nothing new under the sun. So to to mm-hmm. kind of um, to take a look at, at, at all this this work, the work that we've used, which which spans the ages. You know, there's some very ancient pieces of artwork in here. Well, there's also yeah. you know up to Victorian and some kind of even quite modern statues in there. But it's the same stories over and over again, and they're all trying to we're trying to explain the human condition really. And to I think that the speed that we put this together it actually helps that because we didn't really have time to think about it. We didn't have time to plan it. We just did it, and um, you know, Alison came up with the with the um, with the characters and the suggestions, and we found the images, and it happened so fast. Mm-hmm. We didn't have time to plan it, and and so it is. It's a very spontaneous piece of work, and uh, that's what I love about it. And it's mm-hmm. taking images right across the board out of popular culture and and classical culture. And uh, like you said about Wonder Woman, it's, it's all in there. There's yeah. no such thing as fine art and, and kind of low art to me. It, it's yeah. all art. It's all human. We make these images and, and it's just what people do. And um, to put together this this kind of deck, there's like an art gallery in your pocket. All these kind of human, the range of human emotions. It's a wonderful thing. And, it, and it's mm-hmm. happened so fast. Um, and that's what, I think you can't avoid it. It's there. And it, it's, it's um, you know, just just take a look at it. Really, that's I think that's really, yeah. Yeah, what I can say well, about that. Well, it's interesting because I think we all are drawn to an energy uh, related to the cards. Uh, you know, Alison, I want to ask you this question. I mean, what was it like for you to go through and create this? You know, because it's one thing to create, let's say, a card that has to do with Greek mythology, but this mm. is not an isolated situation. This is an entire deck of Greek mythology reading cards, right, that have energy individually, but together they have a culmination of energy. Mm. And, uh, do you know, I was so frightened. Um, One month in, I was terrified. And I kept saying to myself, don't look back, don't look down, Mm. just keep looking forward. Don't look at the one you've just done, move on to the next one, Just, just be guided. Um, I was researching uh, the different characters at night and then coming up with how that character would have left a message. What character would that message would would have what was the message that that character would have wanted to give? But more so, how do you make a, a comprehensive, cohesive pack which has a range of messages in? For people to choose from because otherwise you could have every, every single one of these characters having a similar story and a similar message so what i had to do was make was make sure that there was a range to, to draw from that there was this particular aspect of humanity or our our lives here on earth and then this other aspect and this other aspect so occasionally i slightly um just went to the side of one of the characters and just chose a particular part of their nature that they weren't known for but it did mean that the deck as a 
overall, just like the tarot deck does, it means that that entire deck had a range of things to draw, to draw from. But in terms of your question, how did it feel? I was absolutely terrified. Mm. I, I was, and I, but I think that fear and that adrenaline just kept the inspiration coming. I couldn't get complacent. I could only get frightened each day. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I was so struck by it when I went through the deck. And, you know, when we come back from break, for those of you out there, I want to make sure that you know that uh, if you've got a question and you want to see how these cards work, you'll be able to give us a call at 1-800-930-2819. Um, you know, for for us today in the show, I want to, uh, you know, demonstrate to folks how these work and how one might use them. The other thing I was really struck by, uh, Allison, is I'm not an astrologer by any means. I uh, honestly, I don't, I, I, I can barely figure out what's going on in my own chart. But I was really struck by a couple of things relative to astrology. Um, is there a relationship that, you know, we integrate when we think about mythology and astrology? Yes, because you're describing an archetype. Um, so the Greek described that archetype with the use of a deity, and astrology describes that same architect by using the name of a Roman mythology as it happens, but you're still describing the same archetype. So Uranus, Uranus, um, the planet, and then the god Uranus uh, is mm -hmm. the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, someone once said to me, said something to me, let me ask you this question because I don't know if this is true. Someone said to me, Jupiter was left out of Greek mythology. And I thought to myself, okay, wait a minute, let me think about that. And I didn't know what they meant by that. But is it the energy that perhaps they were referring to? Now, they never did tell me what they, that, where that, that notion came from. But they talked about Jupiter and they said Jupiter was left out of Greek mythology. And I had to think for a minute because I didn't realize that Jupiter wasn't listed in Greek mythology. That's what I mean by sort of this crossover energy, right? Um, well, Jupiter was the Roman counterpart of Zeus, mm. who was uh, the Greek um, high god of Olympus. So um, when you say Jupiter was left out of Greek mythology, well, Zeus was there and that was the yeah. equivalent to Jupiter. So. Yeah. Well, you know, when we come back, we're going to take a look at the cards. But before we uh, go, how can folks find out more about each of you and how can they get their deck of cards? Well, Rich has got a fantastic website. <laughs> Just go, go to books if you want a visual feast because there is a most amazing array of Richard's images, absolutely stunning. He's, I love looking at his website. It's, it's just wonderful. <laughs> so Very Richard, kind, Alison. RichardCrooks.co.uk. Okay. And let me just spell Crooks. C-R-O-O-K-E-S dot co dot UK for those of you out there. When we come back, we're going to take a journey of the cards. And we're going to look at how is it do how is it we live our lives today and how is it we would like to get some insight into our true life's path let's take a short break when we come back that and more and we want to make sure all of you know how to get your copy of the cards that and much more uh i'm dr pat for more information about us go to the drpatshow.com and again 
We are taking your calls, your questions, 1-800-930-2819, 1-800-930-2819. And, you know, I shuffled the deck and a couple cards literally jumped out of the deck. I'm a little bit nervous now. I'm a little bit scared because I don't know what they mean. But when we come back, I got a lot of help here. Let's take a short break, everybody. Let's take a short break, Benny. We'll be right back. Take your own journey with the angels with Claire Candy Hoff's Heaven Sent Guided Angel Meditation CD. Letting go of concerns and living in the now. This beautiful CD walks listeners through practical exercises to help free them from the burdens, worries, and concerns of daily life. Walking a quarter of the way across the bridge, you see a bright emerald green light and sense a loving presence. This is Archangel Raphael's green healing energies, nourishing and revitalizing you. Take a moment now to bathe in this green healing light. Giving you much more than just relaxation and stress release, this wonderfully narrated CD provides vivid visualization, soothing and inspiring music, and an angel's choir that will bring you peace, clarity, and a newfound awareness. Visit angelhealinghouse.com today. Interested in deepening your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit www.esotericstudies.net. Defining success and putting minds to work. With the Higher Learners Career and Leadership Series, Rudy Racine will help you craft your personal definition of success, offering support and guidance as you move forward towards your goals. Take the leap. With the right mix of focus and motivation, anything can be achieved. Tune in every first and third Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 Eastern. And for more information on Rudy Racine and Higher Learners, visit Rudy's site at higherlearners.com. That's H-I-R-E learners.com. Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasic has a special gift for everyone out there. To receive three chapters of the Knowledge Book as a special gift, send your email to mmjp99 at gmail.com. That's Amazon Mary, Amazon Mary, JP99 at gmail.com now to receive this fabulous, fabulous gift of the Knowledge Book. To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit GlennaRice.com.
Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. For today, it's so great for all of you tuning us in, turning us on. Mythology Greek reading cards. Alison Chester Lambert, Richard Cooks joining us here today. Richard is the artist, you know, really. If you have seen uh, beautiful decks of cards, chances are he is the one that has designed and created them. And this deck is no different. Um, today, we're talking about you know, some of the figures in Greek mythology that many of us know. And, you know, what I was saying in the deck, there were a couple of cards that simply just popped out of the deck. As a matter of fact, it was kind of odd because, you know, to have so many cards jump out of a deck, it was like, okay, this one here, this one there, this one there. And what's funny about them, and I'll just share this with you, is one of them popped out and ended up on the floor. Four others ended up on a very short space on where I'm doing it, my little studio. I have a studio here. And it's really interesting, and I was just chatting you about that. Um, I want to ask you this question before we jump into the cards. Every time, you know, I do a show, whether it's a show like this or it could be a show on health, it doesn't matter. I'm not the same, meaning something about it um, – changes me or changes my point of view about something. And I know it does the same for our listeners. How did working together on this deck, how did that change each of you? Richard, do you want to start this time? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's not an easy question that, but yeah. I think, and now this is, this deck of cards for me is, is quite a long way down the line. It's probably deck number 12 that I've designed. Mm -hmm. And um, it was different. It was, it proposed a certain problem because we were using classical artwork, some of them sculptures, some of them paintings, um, some of them ceramics. So I couldn't kind of impose any of my own style on them, particularly um, as I've done in the past, where you kind of create some kind of lighting effects that that uh, flow through the whole deck. These, these are all kind of individual artworks. So the, the problem was to bring that all together. And... Um, I was so I think the one thing that I kind of got from this was discipline for one thing I, you know I couldn't mm. kind of I had to kind of put, push the ego down a little bit and I obviously working with some of the great works of art of all time so I'm very humbled by that and I also felt uh, a little bit nervous because for, for purists out there who might not um, think it was a it was right and proper to kind of mess around with Benin, one of Benini's sculptures so I had mm. to kind of really step back my own step my own personality out of it and try and, and be really sensitive to the artworks and um, because I really care, you know, I care about art and I, I, I care about these images and I didn't want to be seen as, as being, you know, messing about with them. And, I mean, some of them I have, I have kind of um, manipulated them quite a bit, but I've really tried to be sensitive and, you know, working obviously with Alison's guidance to, mm -hmm. to kind of, um, to achieve that. It was it was a real challenge. And, yeah, um, boy, so, it yeah, sounds like it is. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it would be a things. challenge because you're really, you know, you're really wanting to honor that which has come before, and yet absolutely. acknowledge that which is showing up now. Yeah, absolutely, and and to be, you know, really care about it, and uh, and I think the the love that we both put into it, you know, we worked really hard on this and we do care about it. We, you know, we wanted to make something really beautiful and to, like you say, respect and honour these artworks and the myths and, uh, and you know, to um, just for it to be useful, really. Mm -hmm. 
that's something for me. You know, it's not just a, a kind of airy fairy idea of, of some oracle. Deck. This is kind of real um, archetypal stuff, as Alison's talked about, and, and it's important and it's, it's in everybody's lives. Yeah. Wow. I, you know, I hadn't really thought about that, Richard. I hadn't thought about that part of it. You know, I could see how that, you know, could be a, an enormous challenge to really, you know, look at something and reflect it in its historical perspective, but yet bring it fast forward to where we are today to reflect the energy of the time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, good job though on that. And you know, Allison, okay, how thank about you. Yeah, I'm seriously. Uh, you, you know, Allison, how about you? Um, I, I, I have thought about this while Richard was talking. Um, and uh, there was one thing that stuck out for me. Um, and it's quite a poignant thing. Um, it was about the abuse that women endured in those times. Whilst I was researching, uh, uh, the the goddesses, if you like, because there's a, a, a pantheon of 12 main gods and goddesses who comprise the Council of Olympia, and, and six were women and six were males. Um, so it looks on the outside as if there is equality here, and there might be for these top six goddesses. But for the basic woman in Greece, they lived a life of abuse. They were barely higher in the social order than slaves were. Um, and so I was very struck at the dominance of the uh, of the males and their abuse of women and the, the plight of women, and that that I did carry that with me actually, and mm -hmm. it, it made me inside think, wow, you know, this has been happening for so long. I mean, it is true to say I think that by the time we got to Greece, then we women were losing ground rapidly. Yeah. There had been cultures around the Middle East and around the Levant which had had equality. Um, but in the main, they were rapidly dying out and their culture was dying out and women were losing ground rapidly. So this probably, classical Greece, is the last time that, well, you, you get it in Rome to a certain extent, but these were the last times that you, you get the acceptance of female deity to any great degree because, of course, after these came the three monotheistic religions which then dominated the religious and spiritual scene for 2,000 years. So, so that was for me was the thing that this look at these poor women and the abuse that they take and and they're they're forced into such a, such dependence on males, um, and then the last thing was just to awe really awe for the cleverness of the Greeks. They they were such um, amazing thinkers. Uh, they they were really quite clever with psychology and philosophy, and and that that also put me into awe, and then sent me into a second spin of oh my god, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean because um, what do you make of this shuffling the deck? Because I wanted to do this for today, and shuffle the deck, and I honestly didn't look at them before the show today. I do that on purpose. Uh -huh. And I'm shuffling the deck, and one one ends up on the floor. And actually, I had another one uh, that had fell on the other side that I just saw after we came back from the break. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. That one jumped on the floor. I almost put it back in the deck. I almost picked it up and put it back in the deck. And I thought, no, let's talk about it. Um, but is there a way that we can tell folks to work with the deck, is there a way that you you define that says here's how you how you might work with this deck, this particular deck? 
Okay, so um, I start by suggesting that people sleep with them for the first night, that mm. you have it under your pillow or something so that um, some kind of unconscious exchange is happening. Um, but then the next thing is to note is that when we first pick a card um, from the deck, it tends to describe our circumstances at that moment or something very particular about our personality, something that is in high focus at the moment. Now, this is despite what doesn't matter what question you've asked. It won't deliver that. It will deliver. This is what the cards think of you and your mm-hmm. circumstances at the moment. So the, the, that first card or the, the first three cards are very important. Um, so and after that, you're learning Greek mythology the whole time. But you're also learning a new way of understanding your world. Yeah. What I find about these cards is I'll, I'll sit there. They're different from any other cards because it's not a tarot deck. Um, so I'll sit there thinking, huh, such and such and such and such has just upset me or whatever. And then I'll, I'll keep the cards there and then I'll idly pull one. I'll read it and think, oh, wow. Okay, well, that's given me some hidden meaning. That's given me a new understanding on this situation. And because it is based on the Greek mythology, it, it is quite clever. The, the system is quite intelligent. It, 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 what's shining through is the cleverness and the philosoph- philosophical skills of the Greeks, who, after all, had Plato around this time. So, you oh. know, they did get a lot wrong, did they? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but, you know, what's interesting about them is um, I think it's, there's a dynamic energy to them. And I think that dynamic energy is, is really tapped into the collective consciousness. Um, and what I mean by that is there's no mistake right now that we are looking at, you know, mythology. It, it, let's just call it mythology from many cultures right now in the way we're portraying them, you know, in, in for example, the greatest medium we have right now to show people things, which is in the big screen. You know, we're talking about millions and millions of people from all over the world that pay money to go see something that has to do with some sort of superhero fantasy idea. Uh, There's no question about it. You you know, Hollywood has basically said, if it's not a superhero, don't do it. But we know that there is an energy that goes beyond that. What do you make of the fact that I shuffled the deck and so many cards picked themselves. One of them dropped to the left of me, the other one to the right of me, which I didn't see until after we got back because I didn't tell you about that card. Mm-hmm. Give me a sense of, of what you make of that. Well, the cards are reading that moment in time. They're, they're reading the collective unconscious. Every single thing about us is connected in an, an, invig- in an invisible three-dimensional web. Um, so you put your toaster on in your kitchen and something rustles over on Pluto, you know. So you can't take yourself out of that, this three-dimensional solar system. Um, and so therefore, if the cards fall out, they are picking that moment to show themselves. There is something important about that. Mm. So shall I tell you what they are? Yeah, please and do. We'll and we'll give our audience a taste Um, And if they feel like they would like a taste of their own, they can give us a call, 1-800-930-2819. Okay, so clearly the ones that came out organized, if you can consider it an organized (laughs) fall Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on the deck, there are three of them that Mm -hmm. I consider came out. 
uh, mm-hmm. organized. But before the three of those came out, uh, Athena popped herself out first. Wow. Do you know? Wow. Well, you're pretty. <laughs> you're a pretty formidable character of great strength and power because that's what Athena means. Um, here we have uh, a warrior goddess of tremendous power who was a great protectress. So she she was defensive in battle, but she also protected peaceful arts, weaving, sculpting. Very intelligent goddess. Very smart superiority a sure success in all things. So what she's saying is that you'll, you'll, you will be clever, you'll be successful, you'll win your battles, and she's standing by your side. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. one hell of a goddess to get. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, well, I, you know, and it's funny because, well, I don't think it's funny, but I have a sanctuary room that I go to to sit, and uh, I have a full-size poster of her beautiful artwork uh, of her framed on the wall. But I didn't really realize that she was the protectress. And it's fascinating when I see that and I see her picture and, you know, what, Richard, you've brought alive in this uh, to demonstrate her energy, her power. But I didn't really understand that. In the artwork, I have a question. The bottom right, there's an owl. Is that right? Yes, that's right. That's an owl. Uh, I would love to know the symbolism of that. I have a very interesting story about um, a sweat lodge that I did, but I never associated her with the owl. Shall I answer that, Uh, Richard? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll say something if I can, but you go. go I could hear. I could hear Richard thinking, um, (coughs) "Why? Why have we got an owl there?" (laughs) Well, I could. I could say something. I could. You know what? Come on, then. I'd be interested. Yeah. The reason I I suggested an owl was that the the owl represents wisdom, and it's one of it's one of um, her known symbols. So Athena. Uh, had known symbols, and uh, and we have an asteroid in astrology called Athena as well, and a known symbol is the owl. But Richard, please tell me your your thoughts. Well, well, just just you know, to me, an owl is um, like you say, wisdom. And the first thing you think of is wisdom. There, the, the, an owl sight is is unbelievable sight. Their eyes, you know, seeing in the dark, their their ability to see in the dark is fantastic. They're also um, they fly very silently, so they're kind of silent hunter in the night. That's that's kind of what they are. Um, and yeah, the wisdom. I'm not actually sure where the wisdom idea comes from. I'm just thinking about the the attributes of the yeah. actual animal. And, yeah, um, well, I think it's feminine intelligence. I think it. When I saw it, I thought there was a side of Athena that I think we all inherently knew, but it's very difficult to be known as a warrior without a level of intelligence, right? whether it's strategic intelligence, you see? And I, I just thought, well, that's interesting. I wonder if that's sort of the feminine intelligence act- uh, uh, aspect of her, of the protectress. It is, yeah. yeah. It's, a bird, it's a bird of prey. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, the sight is fantastic. It's flights. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's a beautiful, incredible creature. So to me, that fits the, mm-hmm. yeah. the idea of the goddess. <clears throat> yeah. And I think in your Alice description, Potter. Alison, I think you what your reference is that, um, y- you know, uh, her mother was, what, her, what was her mother? Metis, right? The w- wisdom? Metis, the, yes. the older goddess of wisdom, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's why I'm saying the, the cards are beautiful, but they're also powerful in the messaging that they transmit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so Athena popped out first. Then in an organized way, uh, three cards just uh, two, two other cards dropped on the on my table and one on the floor. Aphrodite and I say Nike. I don't know. Is it Nike? I say Nike. Okay. <laughs> Anybody out there correct us? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. And I didn't know about that. And the one that dropped to the left on the floor was Prometheus. And I thought, I have no idea what Aphrodite, Nike, and Prometheus have to do with anything together. Okay. Well, Aphrodite is an attractor. So she attracts things. Um, and so she suggests that you will attract things to you that are desirable. So um, so gifts and pleasurable times and that kind of stuff. She's, she's really all about desire and, and pleasure, that kind of thing. Um, Nike um, is a, a goddess who, um, well, I've called her victory on the card. Um, and she she gives us victory in anything we're trying to do. So any kind of competition or anything at work, tests of strength, et cetera, Nike, if you pull that card, this is it, you'll get it. So if somebody says to me, am I going to um, pass my driving test? If I pull Nike, oh, yes, you're going to pass your driving test because she assures victory. Um, Prometheus um, is about using clever tactics um, he he had great guile and cunning, um, and he was determined to succeed. So this is he is going to help with the strength and fortitude. He will help with adversary, but he's saying that you have to use guile and you have to anticipate and use foresight. Be careful, but be cunning. And yes, you can get it in the end. Wow, you know, I'm, and, and when I look at this, there was then. Um, remember I said that Prometheus dropped on the floor to the left and I have a very colorful rug, so I wouldn't have readily seen these, right? And then there were these other cards and I thought, I, you know how you almost pick them up and put them in the deck and say, oh, they just dropped like that. You ever do that? Probably not. Yeah. Probably, Allison, you don't do that. But I had I a moment where I thought, wow, I've got enough cards, you know, they, they dropped here, this one here. But then the others were, as I looked at them, I had never heard of these two before. One was Hestia. Is that mm-hmm. right? Hestia? Yeah, and yeah. the other one, G-A-E-A. Gaia. I, but, I, Gaia. But Gaia that's spelled the, differently. Okay. Yeah. And, the Greek spelling. Well, yeah. The inter- an interpretation of the Greek spelling. Yeah. And I thought, okay. I And I haven't had time to look them up. But when you lay these out together, right, now that I have them out in front of me, it's a really interesting story, so to speak. You know, I didn't get any of these cards that talk about feelings or emotions or healing. Okay, did you notice that? You know, uh-huh. what do you make? What do you make of these? Because one of them says inner fire. The other one says manifestation. <laughs> well, a lot um, of outer world work. Yeah. Um, so uh, t- just taking Gaia then. So Gaia is about earthly possessions being brought into existence through sheer willpower. Um, Gaia manifested. She was the mother of all things. She created the universe. Um, and so what the card is saying is that she can create, that if you reach for something, then you can create it um, just as Gaia did. 
So, so that that's a, a powerful card if you're looking to want to create something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've forgotten the name of the other one you were talking about. Oh, Hestia. Uh, that's right. Hestia. I never, yeah. I've never heard of Hestia before. Okay. Well, she and was. The artwork was really got my attention on this one. Oh, can yeah. we tell you a secret on that? Okay. <laughs> all, right, all right. Good. Yeah. Shall yeah. I t- shall I tell her, Richard, about Hestia? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. We had a bit of a problem with this. Uh oh. <laughs> we had a lot of problems with this one. We so we had the statue of Hestia, which we use on the card, um, and I had seen um, a particular image of a flame online, which just looks like a goddess. I mean, this flame—you look at it, and it's a goddess. It's a single flame. What we did was we used it on the card many times over in a circle, so it looks as if this goddess of fire is surrounding Hestia, the statue. We, we didn't like the card. We tried many different versions. He, Richard didn't like it. I didn't like it. But we were running out of time. And in the end, I went, look, just pick that one. And I tell you what, we'll sit on some radio show in a year's time and some presenter <laughs> say to us, oh, I love this Hestia. Oh, that's a really great card. And we'll both sit there thinking, God, that was the one that we, <laughs> in the end, we just went with anything because we couldn't get it right. And you just said it. And there we go. So that that's a prediction I made a year ago, which has just come true. I'll tick that box. <laughs> Stick it in the box. You know, because I was fascinated by two things about the card. And this is really my question. I'm really not a left brain person, but for some reason, you know, these cards are bringing out the left brain in me. Um, it's interesting that the direction she's pointing her finger mm. It's also interesting that she appears to have her power, have her, her arm on her hip. Mm. And the direction she's pointing her finger is the direction that the flames mm. are going. Yeah. And, and, and I thought, looked at that and I thought, oh my gosh, it would be the version of Mary Magdalene that I would envision. Oh, wow. That yeah. is it. I, I looked at that and I thought that has got to be Mary Magdalene. Of course, I don't know. It, it, I, isn't that interesting? Right? Yeah. If yeah. I had a vision of Mary Magdalene, that would be it. There's um, all kinds of history to Hestia. She's known as Vesta in Rome, Vestal Virgins. Um, and it is a very powerful card about inner fire, but the inner presence, the inner spiritual presence. Um, she has a remarkable dignity. Um, but the asteroid out in space actually is the core of a protoplanet that never quite made it to a planet when the solar system was being formed. Um, and so she is the core of a massive planet and also the core of ourselves, our deep inner selves. She's she's a very quiet but very powerful energy. Yeah. You know, I have heard more times on this show in 15 years from our audience that the one thing they say is that their inner flame feels like it's dying, mm-hmm. that their inner flame, the spark that they've had in their life, you mm-hmm. know, those moments of thinking, I can conquer the world, I can do it, you know, those things uh, for them are, are, are dimming that flame and that fire. And I think we're living in a time now where we're reigniting these. Um, You know, first of all, this hour has gone by so quickly. And again, I want to thank you. But let's make sure we let everybody know how can they get a copy of the cards. Allison, how can they find out more about you? Richard, how can they find out more about you? And then I have one last question. 
Okay, so I'm Alison Chester Lambert, and if they Google Alison Chester Lambert, then they'll find alisonchesterlambert.com. Um, and the cards can be found on the website of Inner Traditions, um, but you can get them from Amazon or all the main booksellers, Barnes and Noble, etc. And Richard, how about you? Yeah, well, um, our website, richardcrooks.co.uk, um, just drop me a line, have a look at the website, drop me a line, I'm always interested in, in, in projects. But what you said before about the inner fire, you know, this is something that really, this is what keeps me going to do this kind of work because yeah. um, to make to try and make things the most beautiful you can I want to try and inspire people to, you know not not just my work but just anybody whatever work you're doing to try and find that and uh, to make the most beautiful things that you can and inspire other people and, and um, you know, keep it keep because we all we all have the problems we all get down and we, our fire goes out but you've got to really work together to kind of um, yeah. Yeah. you know keep that going Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. Thank you. Um, last question for each of you. I know we only got a short period here, a minute or two. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Uh, well, from myself um, as a woman and as a feminist, um, it's to all women out there. Um, grab a hold of these times. Um, we are on the rise. What we represent, the feminine energy, the yin energy is on the rise. We're each needed to represent that, to carry our little bit of the uh, the energy and take it forward to, to really help this movement uh, uh, grow and grow so that we get an equality for the women of the world, not just the West, but the East as well, where it's yeah. desperately needed. Mm. And Richard, how about you? Well, I think what, what I just said before, really, about, okay. about um, you know, the... Um, to keep your fire burning, really, and mm -hmm. and 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 beauty—it's you know—it's it's such a beauty, truth, truth, beauty. That's is something that I've always kind of stood by. To make beautiful things, yeah, I'm not a, a, a lover of of art for therapy. Um, mm -hmm. To me, any an artist has a sacred duty to create beautiful things and bring beautiful things into the world. Not to kind of, um, you know, we've got enough bad stuff. <laughs> we don't yeah. need anymore. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, thank you both for joining me here today. Um, the deck is amazing. Um, I can't wait to have some more fun with this. Uh, and for those of you out there, you certainly can get your own copy of it because this is the energy of expansiveness of the divine feminine, but also of that goddess warrior within all of us, both men and women. We're going to take a short break. We're not done yet. We've got another hour coming up on the Dr. Pat show. Thank you. Thank you. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.